Welcome to Honestly Haunted. to Honestly Haunted. We're your hosts, Erin Grogan and Abby Chowning. This week, we're off to northern Spain to explore an abandoned village that locals refer to as a ghost town. While we have covered ghost towns in this podcast before, this one's a little different. In fact, many claim that this ghost town is actually the location of a doorway into another dimension. Yeah, that part definitely caught our attention. (laughs) So we're going to dive into all the secrets of Ochate, the lost village of Trevino. Located about 10 miles from Vitoria, which is the capital city of Basque country, Ochate has a long history of inhabitants and an even longer history of the mysterious disappearances of those inhabitants throughout the centuries. The village is believed to have been inhabited since the Bronze Age. Dozens of flint and quartz tools have been excavated from the area and its surrounding fields, once believed to be lush farmlands. There's even evidence of Roman occupation as stylized funerary steels dating to 219 BC were found in the ruins of the village, indicating Roman burial grounds. The village was also positioned on a major trade road that connected Castile and Lyon. The route is known today as the Route of Fish and Wine, as it transported goods from the fishing villages along the Bay of Biscay and from the fertile wine region of La Roja. So Ochate was set up to be a perfect little hub city on a popular trade route surrounded by fertile farmlands. What could go wrong? But by the end of the 14th century, the village was completely abandoned and the location of the inhabitants became a mystery. Many historians believe that Ochate was just another village that was hit particularly hard by the plague, much like the rest of Europe. After all, the bubonic plague went through Spain five different times, from 1348 to 1375, and it dropped its population from 6 million people to 2.5 million people, which is absolutely crazy to think about. But the mystery is that no skeletons or mass graves have ever been found in the vicinity of the village. The surrounding fields have yielded dozens of artifacts from various eras of time, but never any human remains. Even those Roman funerary steels that were found did not yield any actual tombs or graves. It is believed that Ochate became inhabited once more in the 15th century, and it seemed to return to a steady population until the 19th century. The people of Ochate made a decent living off farming cattle, beans, potatoes, and mushrooms, and their economy continued to be boosted due to their proximity to the trade routes. However, in the 1920s, things would take another turn for the worse. The Spanish flu ravaged the area and claimed 260,000 lives throughout Spain in just two years. And if that wasn't enough, a horrible famine plagued the land as well. Torrential rain and hail destroyed many crops and killed livestock, and the people went hungry and were forced to flee the area. By 1930, only two families still lived in the village, a family of three and a single elderly man. Now, not much is reported about this time frame except for one story we found. It's said that in 1936, the last two families of Ochate started being threatened by a deranged priest. He would come into the village and demand money for the church. He would say they would be damned if they did not give all they owed to him. After the families had had enough, they decided to flee the village and move elsewhere. 
The priest returned to Ochate with one of his fellow clergymen, and he went into a frenzy when he discovered the village was now empty. He then brutally murdered the other priest in one of the abandoned houses. He smeared his victim's blood all over the walls. The priest was ultimately arrested and sentenced to death for the murder, but the priest never recalled the events of the murder. While he did not claim his innocence, he never provided law enforcement with any details of the crime, almost like he could not remember them. After the murder, the roads near the town became impassable. The village became more and more hidden by foliage and overgrowth. And by the 1970s, rumors about the town being cursed seemed to permeate through the area. Stories of people gone missing in the area became more common. In 1973, a man from a neighboring village went missing as he was plowing his fields. People who saw him last claimed he had said some of his animals had gone missing near the abandoned village, and he was going to look for them, but he never returned. And in 1980, a magazine called Mundo Desconcido, which shared stories of the paranormal, devoted an entire issue to the mysteries of Ochate. It claimed that there had been dozens of UFO sightings from the village over the centuries, and that the area had become extremely susceptible to biblical-like plagues. The persistence of paranormal activity and plague had made it impossible for the citizens of the village to live in peace for long, and their lives would be made miserable by just the location of their village. After the magazine came out, an investigative reporter, Iker Jimenez, sought to experience Ochate for himself, and he journeyed there in 1987. He and his team made recordings of the nights that they spent there, and this is what he had to say about it. I have to recognize that, with night having fallen over us, I was shaken to my bones when I heard those recorded voices from Ochate from June of 1987. The first was the scream of a little girl saying, Pandora! Or maybe it was the voice that yelled Campora, which in Basque means get out. This was the voice that was recorded inside of the bell tower and with total clarity that it was truly chilling. There was another voice recorded in the same place but higher up and has left in the air various questions. The last voice was that of a woman who in a lamentable and hoarse tone said, why is the door still open? Whew. Spooky. Yeah. Another researcher to the area, Alberto Fernandez, made claims that the doors these spirits seemed to be talking about were indeed doors to other dimensions. In fact, Alberto believed Otate was actually an interdimensional gate. But a gate to where? Linguistically, that's actually really interesting, because in the Basque language, Oxate, which is spelled a little differently than Ochate, means Porta de Lobos, or in English, the wolf's door. But Ochate means Porta de Gog, or the door of Gog. If you aren't familiar with the theological figure of Gog, and that's G-O-G, don't worry, we're going to bring you up to speed on that really quickly because it kind of blew our minds. Gog shows up in several theological texts, usually paired with Magog. In the Hebrew Bible, in 1 Chronicles, they are prophesied invaders of Israel who God will ultimately defeat at the end of the world. Gog is present in the Christian Bible in Revelation. Gog and Magog are the names given to the massive armies that Satan will call to himself in the end days, and they are said to outnumber the sands of the earth. Gog also appears in the Quran and is the name given to the invading Magar people from the 10th century. There are other literary nods to the identity of Gog, too. 
The name comes up in legends of Alexander the Great battling massive hordes of barbarian invaders and in other medieval legends depicting the end of times and even the Antichrist. Basically, Gog is synonymous with the end of times and the destruction of the world. We can't help but think what an odd coincidence this is to the findings of of Alberto Fernandez and his gate theory. But sadly, due to reasons unknown, Alberto committed suicide in the ruins of Otate in 1987. He left no note and had shared no mental health concerns with his team. Since his death, the most frequently reported paranormal activity from Ochate are unexplainable flashing lights, whispered voices, and general feelings of uneasiness and dread. Today, there is very little left of Ochate. Crumbling walls and the foundations of long-abandoned houses litter the landscape. The village is no longer accessible by road. But the main landmark that seems to be the only indication a once prominent village existed is a large stone watchtower that's in remarkably good shape. Like, it's almost bizarre how good of shape it is in compared to the ruins that surround it. And perhaps it's a little ironic that the only thing that stood the test of time in Ochate is the watchtower. Something put in place to protect the inhabitants of the village, but ultimately it failed to do so. I like the poetry of that. It is, yeah. (laughs) But it's it's weird. It's like, it is the only, I mean, it's the largest structure that's still standing. um, Yeah. But it does seem to be in the best shape of what's surrounded. But there's, immediately there's a lot of things that like poke out here. So it's, it's an interesting ghost town for sure, because we have evidence of it being a ghost town multiple times throughout history. Yes. <laughs> so the fact that it's... It gives Roanoke vibes. It does. Lost Colony. Yes. But the fact like there was nothing like wrong with it. In fact, it, it should have been the perfect spot. Like surrounded by lush farmlands on a trade route. Well, isn't that technically also kind of the Roanoke thing? That like yeah. there was no reason as far as people could tell. It was a perfectly that, fine yeah. settlement. That unless disease had swept through, which is right. what happened here, it seemed like on a few occasions. But that's interesting too, because in, as we've gone through our EU tour, we've hit plague snags oh, a bunch. And and there's always been bodies, like, mass graves. None. And here. what's what struck me is something that I think we've we we talked about it with the um the solder children disappearance. Oh, yeah. The solder children disappearance came to mind for me because the thing that has always struck me about that is that they did all those tests that like proved that you would need just inhuman amounts of like heat to get no bone remains like right, to fully and disintegrate that, bone. And that like it's highly highly unlikely like even a crematorium doesn't do that Mm -hmm. and so to me i'm like well they can't you you can't even say well oh they burned plague bodies because at first i would have thought well they burned them because of disease right but there would have been something especially the fact that they found those funerary steels mm-hmm. and still didn't find anything. And those would have been a lot more recent. Like, I mean, so evidence that civilization existed in, in the Bronze Age, that right. it was a cultivated village settlement at that point in time, right? So even in, in that time, I would have assumed that burial practices were still common for the deceased, right? That there would be graves of some sort somewhere. Yeah. The Roman Empire came through. We know that they buried their dead. And so, like, there would have been evidence of that somewhere. Not even that, like, a plague necessarily went through on either of those occasions. But, like, people people get sick. People get killed. People get injured. Like, that's just what happens. And so the fact that there was evidence that funerals could have taken place, but the fact that no bodies have been found are super interesting. And then that 
in the 13th century, we know plague went through. And right. then again... But the, still can't find evidence the, the remnants of that, which is, which is fascinating. And I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons why villages become vacated through history oh, right yeah. like absolutely if say say it wasn't hit super hard by plague but they didn't have any access to larger cities or for trade because yeah. the plague was so bad so they just had to like go somewhere else because they couldn't get but this one was kind of set up not to have those things happen yeah it had um, its own it could farm its own yeah own thing so it's curious what is the whole priest thing about yeah like <laughs> those are some so yeah it's like the last few families that have held on to living here and this is in in, in the 1920s and 30s yeah. so like recent history and so there's there's actually like a, a criminal record of this priest who was arrested but in his not necessarily his trial notes like per his se, testimony maybe yeah like when they took his statement he had lots of ramblings about doors being open and like he talked a lot about doors and really? closing up walls and so that's why they think that he smeared like the blood on the walls oh. as if it was like an attempt to close some sort of door so that that's oh. a as far as a priest goes like there is scriptural evidence of putting blood over a wall or a doorway to protect one from sure. an angel of death that's what the hebrews did in egypt to protect that from passing over but it's there's also some significance of blood smearing as a for a sacrifice but there's which is, also something a little bit more sinister well obviously he committed a murder but um, oh but, i'm not saying that but, he was like blessing no, it with the blood no, of no, the priest no, that I, he killed I, I know you weren't um what i meant i i realized yeah. that like saying there's something more sinister when you're already talking about a murder is a little <laughs> bit like repetitive but yeah. um but okay so the fact that like he was okay with taking money from the people who lived there first my mind jumps to like sacrifice or like mm. like um what's the word for like appeasing something by giving it sacrifice fits I mean I guess I mean, yeah, yeah sacrifice yeah like like was there something I mean, that was that was penance I mean yeah like like, like when people well, were there was... there was there was some something that was keeping something at bay but yes. once people left that's when he went over the board. edge. Yeah, to keep whatever it was satiated so it yeah. would leave the people alone. Which, it like, if we're looking at this from a standpoint of whatever it was kind of made him go crazy, mm -hmm. and then we look later to the researcher about who talked about the doors. And the recordings. Mm -hmm. Who committed suicide there, it seems almost a little bit like a pattern of somebody kind of escalating yeah. in, oh, it in really some does. kind of fashion yeah i and so it talks about we, we we get the word dimension like it's an interdimensional gate yeah and dimension can mean lots of different things but like we're, we could throw in gate to hell if we needed to or we, love a good gate to we, hell. we do appreciate you know, one of those every once in a while <laughs> just to keep us on our feet because we know there's a bunch of them on the earth yeah and it depends on what you believe but like i believe as far as we have we have text in revelation saying that there are gates <laughs> right one in Lubbock. yeah we found one here um which, which is fascinating but then we have like this interdimensional thing which 
you wouldn't automatically assume to be like a negative thing. Like gates to another dimension is not necessarily like no a sinister couldn't could be a negative thing. When we talked about Skinwalker Ranch, we talked about that. We did, and the fact that with when when we talked about that one, what was more negative about that was that things could come through that were completely unlike our earth Mm -hmm. and and so it could essentially have like monsters that come through if you went Mm -hmm. through you could be in a place where you can't survive yeah and 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 there's a lot of potential negatives there yeah and i think it's like we would say like it's not necessarily like the intent is harm it could just be like it's something so unbelievably incompatible with our world versus theirs that it just it manifests in chaos well and essentially i mean that's actually kind of the like lovecraftian Mm. thing yeah so the whole idea of like if you play any lovecraft style games like arkham horror or like Mm. mansions of madness or like or watch any kind of lovecraftian film or anything the enemy is usually like yes there is usually some sort of big bad that's like cthulhu or yeah. something like that but all of along the way what's really making people die is them going crazy because mm-hmm. they're seeing things that make them go crazy right and so their brain and their mind literally cannot handle the things that they're seeing and that is ultimately what is usually the demise of people Mm -hmm. in the in that kind of world and so say this priest is being heavily influenced by these kinds of things if as a priest seeking a catholic priest in the region it's not it would be uncommon for him to 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 call for penance right yeah, to be like right. that that was a common practice which would be him but if he's being heavily influenced by these this chaotic dimension interdimensional yep. gate it's causing his natural instincts, instincts and to go into thoughts. overdrive yes. to go into overdrive and you know him seeing that the town had then been vacated his rage kind of overtook him and that's why his the fellow clergyman got which i kind of want to know why that clergyman went with him with, i wonder if he was like because uh, the people had been complaining about him to the right. local parish and had been like this is getting out of control we're leaving and so i wonder if they were like surely he's not being that bad and like like sent someone, sent with, someone him with him to or... go with him but but then i also wonder i'm like i wonder why he kept returning there mm-hmm. i mean i guess because he was the priest of those people but whatever it was it it almost seems like it kept drawing him, him in. in yeah so it's it's interesting that they make the comparisons and there's probably more history than what we talked about and there's evidence of they called it biblical like plague yeah, yeah biblical but biblical plagues, plagues but yeah. not just like the disease but we're talking like hail and torrential rain and like yeah. matters of the uh, uh, of elemental causes that could ke- prevent somebody from wanting to live there anymore right overgrown roads and then people like hearing that the town itself might have been cursed and so avoiding it like the plague yeah. uh, to, to not to not attempt to go anywhere near it 
contributes it to. So, well, and we've talked, that seems to also be a little bit of a theme for places that were heavily plague ridden. Ridden, yeah. yeah. Is like, like Paveglia Island, like mm-hmm. places where the plague was very mm-hmm. prominent have this kind of lasting scar. Darkness. Yeah, darkness. scar. Scar yeah. is a good word. And so I think that speaks a lot to like how interesting though 1987 we've got like paranormal researchers doing their thing in spain right. which i mean i know like paranormal research has been going on for a hot minute but like i've not heard of one so old before like 1987 you haven't well like other than like the warrens like stuff like that in like the 50s and 60s but like they have recordings like this is like a, a magazine like investigators sure. who work for a magazine I mean, yeah it's like it's it's a much more proper probably like popular yeah it, it seems just yeah. like more like a modern day ghost hunters like sure yes or yeah, yeah. A, a t- at the time it was that so right. i mean there doing... were people doing paranormal stuff like ever since the dawn of like spiritualism <gasps> yeah like, i meant more like investigative and in making recordings yeah like yeah like emf yeah kind of like emf um so I'm, I'm not sure exactly what or they EVP? ev maybe so it must have been a very like primitive version of that right right i mean it does sound like what they i mean them saying they got voices that's what we would call like an evp evp yeah today so essentially yeah yeah. so they were talking about the phrases pandora which is interesting enough to pandora's box box, yeah which i could easily see that kind of we call it lore but like there's there's evidence of pandora through lots and lots of different cultures which i could easily see as an interdimensional issue (laughs) because just what we were talking about the fact that it's chaos that could come Mm -hmm. out of an interdimensional type of vortex or something like that is almost the definition of pandora's box Mm -hmm. it's it's unleashing chaos Chaos. and then get out yeah another expression which is like that one that one's (laughs) that's pretty straightforward pretty straightforward (laughs) but it's almost like who are the voices telling to get out? Was and it... also, who are the voices of? Yeah. If they are the ghosts of people who That's once... what's also interesting. Because yeah. there's no remains that were found. So who is still haunting the place? But that's the question. Is it a warning? Or is it a threat? Mm. If they're saying get out to people listening. Like, were they talking to Mr. Fernandez? Were they talk- like saying get out before whatever is here claims you too mm. or was it a threat by whatever it is it, that... it, whatever this is that exists here and then there was also why is the door still open oh. which tells me that it's not a human spirit it might be something else yeah but they said it they could identify feminine and age it, yeah which speaks human to me which so is curious. I also want to know why they named the town Door of Gog in yeah. the first place. Isn't that fascinating? Like, just because reading of that? Because who would name something yeah. that? Unless there was some reason to do that. Right. Like, and so I don't know, like, so, so the evolution of language is a fascinating thing. So it's hard to know if, like, the city was always called, called Ochate, or right. as the Basque language evolved through time, if it was called Ochate always, but then its meaning evolved with this right. idea did that its the meaning change or yeah. did some, or even did somebody rename it, rename it. or yeah, I could not, not find another name of origin for it yeah. in our, in our research. So it, it could be a number of things, but it, it is interesting to think that like the, the idea that Naming the label on it, door of Gog. Yeah. Like, and then going down the rabbit hole of Gog. Cause like when that popped up, I was like, that's a very familiar 
name, but I, I couldn't quite identify it. But it's like Gog is is a very common trope through lots of theological and other like just literary. Right. It's like a tr- almost like a trope to signify like a massive invading force. Intruder. Exactly. Intruder. Intruder. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing that I think is fascinating because that's the common theme through mm-hmm. all of the depictions of Gog. And if we're talking about some sort of interdimensional door, we have essentially intruders and invaders on, on our yeah. world. Yeah. And that is spooky. I think that probably brings us to our verdict. Honestly, Honestly haunted. haunted. This is such a neat one. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's taking the idea of a ghost town even further, like, is. which is so fascinating. It is. Like, I always found, I always find ghost towns fascinating yeah. in general. For sure. And they always feel creepy yeah. no matter what. But this one, the door part takes it to a whole new level. It does. Because I think of, like, for us growing up in the United States, ghost town kind of paints this image of, like, the Wild West yes. and tumbleweeds yes. and nobody's, you know, the empty saloon and, you know, <laughs> all this, like, you know, just the walkway through a dust, kind of a dust bowl town that's yeah. left, right? And it makes a lot of sense. People left because the mine shut down or right. the rain stopped coming and people couldn't make a living there anymore. And like, that's why the ghost town is here. And now it's like we have almost like a supernatural reason for, for a ghost town. creating one. Because it's like a lot of times we have a very scientific or, or like a very natural cause for the for the reason of the ghost town and there's not one here yeah it makes me think also um the the ghost town in pennsylvania oh yeah um, um uh centralia centralia too like a very natural reason why the town caught on fire <laughs> but still literal fire literal under the fire in the earth um but the the results of it have have added like the the ongoing lingering effects of it have yeah. cultivated and added to this feeling of paranormal there too so lots of interesting stuff and and i like how like heartbreaking though this investigator took his oh, took his I life know. there which it's interesting that the articles are like and his death was very mysterious very very mysterious and it's like y'all knew he was researching this place like he had a team right. with him you knew he was there and i don't know like how many visits had he made before like, did it, it's one of those things, like, did this become, like, an obsession and he was there too much? Did it overtake his, did, his life yeah. in a way? This whole thing is fascinating. I, I, I definitely believe in gates and thin places. Thin spots. And it's things so, like yeah. that. And so this is very fascinating to me. Yeah. And whether you want to call it, like, in, in, I mean, in the grand scheme, like, who knows, but it's like you people could call it lots of different things like they could call it a gateway to hell they could call it pandora they could call it any other kind of wild dimension that seems to have created like kind of a scratch in yeah. our reality into what other realities might exist in the in the universe a crack so in space. a crack yeah or a, we used the word scar earlier yeah so it's like something got it's so weird to, to think of the imagery of like something got like kind of scratched open yeah. And it, it gives me chills. It, it's really creepy to <laughs> oh, think about. Man. Well, we're going to go try to get rid of these chills. And we'll be back next week with more Honestly Haunted. Thank you, as always, for listening to Honestly Haunted. Please follow us on social media at Honestly Haunted and consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us continue to grow. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted.
Monster.